Hey everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Harriet Kamek, and this is Down to Earth. It's the podcast in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today is Friday, February 7th. So it's seven days from Valentine's Day. So make sure that you are in tune with that and you're getting your Valentine's ready, whether you're gonna take off on a surprise getaway or whatever is it that you're going to do or whether you're going to surprise your valentine by buying them something really extravagant you have seven days in which to do that right so it's seven days away the the super bowl is in the past and j-lo swinging from a pole has reminded all of us that we need to get in shape so for those of us who are not exercising get in shape i read an article just recently that uh we need to change the way we look at aging and change the way we look at physical activity with aging. You know what I mean? Because we tend to somehow think that as we grow older, we should slow down. I'm not off that belief. I'm one of those persons who still do high intensity workouts, right? I still, when I do my exercises and so on in the mornings, I sweat like it's going out of style. I mean, it's, it's high intensity, high velocity that pumps your heart, right? Because we recognize now that these renew cellular activity and if your cells are great, then chances are we will live longer. There are some things we can't stop, like we can't seem to reverse our eyes needing glasses or our hair t- turning gray. But in terms of muscle usage, right, and cellular usage, those things are a matter of attaching physical activity. And so many of us become couch potatoes when we're in our 30s. Hmm, need to think about that. So if anything should inspire anybody, it's J-Lo swinging from a pole at 50. Uh, Don't think of it as a stripper pose. Just thinking the dexterity and the ambidextrosity she has to be able to move her muscles and just swing from a pole at 50. I tell you, I have a, uh, when I go back home today, I have a a pole in my basement. I'm probably going to start working out using that. I, I mentioned it to my daughter uh, a few days ago and she was like no and I'm like yes I'm like you're not the one I'm the mother <laughs> I will be trying to do that right <laughs> so today on our show uh, we're gonna talk about something it's Friday and as usual on Fridays it's fearless Friday so we're gonna talk about something that is controversial and something that a lot of us are not talking about but I came across this story and I think it's befitting that I address the issue. Just yesterday, I was happened to be part of a conversation on human trafficking in the Metro Detroit area. And I wanted to go into that. So let me introduce, I see I have a caller. I'll speak, get you in just a minute. Can you just hold on? Uh, but let me introduce the topic. It's indigenous women are at greatest risk for sex trafficking. And we're gonna get into that and talk about that as within the context of immigration, and other factors that impact indigenous women here in North America, right? So we're gonna talk about what happens in Canada, what happens here in America, and certainly what's happening in Mexico at the border with indigenous women. But first, let me welcome my first caller. Good morning, thank you so much for joining. Hello, good morning, can you hear us? I am very well. You're calling to contribute to our conversation? Yes, ma'am. Okay, let's hear it. Speak up. We can't hear you. I could do with a little more volume from you. Uh, 
an ongoing thing um, that have hit our African, our black women, our indigenous women worldwide. Uh-huh. And what we find is that um, a lot of the same people that were the contributors or that had something to do with it, uh-huh. you know, years ago, uh-huh. uh, there were six uh, sex slaves and uh-huh. sex camps here in America uh-huh. documented proof proves that and um, you know you kind of see the same dynamic going on today with our children and it makes me say why because I have four daughters and a lot of times we as all black indigenous African people whatever it is we want to call ourselves we have lacked the necessary education to fortify who we are um, to be able to see ourselves from you know from a from a, a, a good life, right. and that put me at the place in the conversation of the culture, uh-huh. right? The culture uh-huh. because they have uh, you know the the singer Lizzo. She came out maybe a couple months ago, uh, you know, when she was at a Lakers game, and you know she lifted up her dress or something like that, and she was you know shaking her butt had on a, a thong, right? And, you know, it, it was a lot of uh, mixed emotions on this. But the reality is, is that that should be nowhere in uh-huh. our culture right now for African, our black, our indigenous women that, you know, especially when our women are going missing, why would we support someone that in rather than putting on a t-shirt speaking about bring our girls home, you're gonna take the opportunity to, to lift up your skirt or expose your, your butter. And this is the very situation that lands our children, our young girls, into these situations. Right, thinking right. that it's okay. Thinking that it's okay for me to go out here and wear this thing with my dress uh, up and with, with me not having any underwear on and you know, wind up being uh, approached by some predators. Right. And a lot of times our women aren't really, they don't have the necessary uh, protective measures, right. meaning knowing how to engage a firearm, mm-hmm. knowing how to, uh, you know, uh, practice any type of self-discipline or any type of, uh, you know, uh, martial arts, whether it be in it, whatever the form of protection is. But what our women don't know how to do but at the same time, we'll go out and twerk. We'll go out and twerk and we'll go out and, you know, blow. And I think this is a thing that should actually be appointed while we are speaking about what's going on with our girls and with our women. You right. know, knowing the importance of protecting yourself. If you're going to have on a tight skirt and, and a G-string and, and flowing, at least carry a pistol on right. your side or know how you know uh okay right right no no know how to protect yourself in the face of some type of predator trying to come up but that makes no sense for our women to go out you know indecent and then not know how to protect themselves you know that's very dangerous thank you sir what's your name my name is equine thank you so much for calling and i appreciate your input Yes, ma'am. Thank you so very much. Well, 
this is affecting everybody as you can hear and there's so many of our uh, people who tend to view this as uh, an issue that is affecting everyone. Our caller uh, was referring to the African-American community and how perception, public perception based on some of our actions might impact uh, the, the drive towards sex trafficking and human trafficking from nefarious individuals. So he was issuing a cautionary note to, uh, to people, to young women, to make sure that while you are out and about, there are some things to observe, watch what you wear, and so on. The rest of us, most of us in the community against human trafficking, view human trafficking, however, and sex trafficking in a different way. What we have found is that victims' attitudes do not impact sex trafficking. In fact, carrying a pistol might just endanger them even more, and I'll go into that in a minute. So I want to start this off by giving you a definition of what human trafficking is. According to the law, human trafficking is defined as any act of labor, force, or coercion to obtain labor, right, In, and compensation, whether that compensation is sex acts or commercial sex acts or labor right? So I want to make sure that we have that definition in, in mind. Human trafficking is the use of forced labor or coercion to obtain labor or commercial sex acts. We need to keep that in mind because for the subject matter that we're going to talk about just now, our caller has called back. Give me one more second and I'll put this in. So just so you know, up until the year 2000, human trafficking wasn't illegal in the United States. After the year 2000, it became law that human trafficking is illegal. We're focused this morning on indigenous women. Indigenous women are traditionally defined as their unique category. They're women who are native to the North American and South American continent, right? You will find pockets of indigenous women Groups of indigenous women usually are on reservations here in the United States and in Canada. In Mexico, Guatemala, uh, Honduras, and so on, those are the people who are most impacted who are coming to the border seeking refuge and political asylum here in the United States. In conversations I've had in communities across Michigan about why immigration and human trafficking intersect, it's primarily because of this. People in indigenous lands, people coming from Central America are running to the United States to escape violence and human trafficking that is taking place inside of their country. Our immigration laws, however, have changed. And now our immigration laws require that individuals coming to the United States through the southern border are required to now seek political asylum in Mexico to start in Mexico before they are accepted into the United States. What this has done is place women, indigenous women and girls at serious risk for human trafficking. Because as you know, I love my brothers and sisters in Mexico, but the Mexican law enforcement is kind of lax. Maybe there are not enough personnel. I don't know, but they seem to be very lax in policing what happens in their own country. It's why drug trafficking is so bad. It's why there's so many people killed through drug trafficking activities. And it's especially why indigenous women are facing the problem of having 
being attacked and being sex trafficked right there in Mexico. So in an effort, initially the president said he was curbing human trafficking by imposing restrictions at the border. What it in fact did was created a bigger problem. So I want to I want to give you some context so that you you know where we're coming from and why we need to look at this in a different way. I know most of us say, well, indigenous peoples are not our problem. We are their problem and they are our problem. Indigenous people and indigenous women are women. Indigenous women are just as human as anybody else and they deserve to be protected. They deserve to feel safe and they should not be exploited. Part of the reason why they're so exposed is poverty and racism and stereotypes that are attached to their ethnicity. I find that this happens to anybody. If you, if you, if you fall between the cracks, you are subject to being trafficked and subject to being exposed. This is why some of us maintain an armor of public engagement because it will at least reduce the fact that you will be trafficked. I, I, I'm, I, I kid you not, I'm sick and tired of being a woman and having to address myself and to think of myself contextually whenever I'm going out because there are people who look at you as if you're a piece of meat. I just want to be a person. I don't care what you think or how old do you think I am. I don't care. I just want to be a person. And I find that as a woman, it is, I am viewed, my body is viewed, my body is so highly politicized. And especially as a woman of color, my body is a political statement. Everybody seems to want a piece of, 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 of colored women's bodies. And the people who do so, they're not doing so with respect and with dignity. They're doing so to the peril of those women. And that's the difference. They're not elevating them. They're not marrying them. They're not creating family structures. They're having sex with them, leaving them with disease and raping them and then taking off and are not being criminally prosecuted. That, my friends, is the danger. So let me give you some facts, right? Uh, indigenous women from Central America who are asylum seekers are forced to wait in Mexico. They're vulnerable and they're left to the, to the attention of the corrupt Mexican law enforcement. Yes, I said that. You want to hear something good? My caller, if you're still there, this is going to blow your mind because you probably are, are going to have a fit right now if you hear this. But traffickers, good morning, traffickers, make are you ready for this y'all traffickers make an average of 150 billion dollars a year and 66 percent of that is sex trafficking detention centers where children were separated from families pose the greatest risk for indigenous women and children to be trafficked in fact the statistics of rapes and alleged sexual abuse within ice facilities is, is uncommon. Uh, it, it's quite alarming for those who advocate that, well, there should be more containment at the border and so on. You're talking about people. <laughs> you should listen to the facts. Between 2017 and 2018, there were 1,448 allegations of sexual abuse filed with ICE. 237 of those took place in their facilities in 2017. That's something to think about. In Mexico, one sex trafficking victim reported that she was raped. I hate to horrify you, but get ready for this. 
she was raped 43,200 times between the ages of 12 and 16 while she was being trafficked. I don't know about you, but I don't think I've had sex in my entire lifetime 43,000 times. But this young person is reporting that she was raped 43,200 times. I, I, I need to wrap this up because it's making me very uncomfortable. 43,200 times. I don't know about you, but I, I, I really can't count that I've had sex 43,200 times in my lifetime. Globally, human trafficking, 43,000 times. I just read it. I, I read it on the, on, on, on the medium.com. I just read it. I know you are just as shocked as I am. 43,200 times between the ages of 12 and 16. This gives you the scope of what sex trafficking is because it tells you that it is not normal activity. It's not normal because most of us are trying to imagine, have we had sex 43,000 times? Most of us are trying to imagine that much less someone is reporting this as rape. And it is a problem and because it goes largely unreported because the, the perpetrators are usually transient or powerful men. They don't report this. The, the workers are victims, so they don't report it, right? And what happens is that a lot of these folks, because it goes unreported, there's, no, there's nothing being done about it. Globally, the International Labor Organization says there are 40.3 million people who are being trafficked. Get ready. 75% of them are female. And you ready for this? 25% are children. Hello. Hello. Is there anyone out there? Native women are 14 times more likely to be murdered than non-native women. Of course, there are some risk factors, poverty, racism, and a history of abuse. So it's kind of like they're nothing. And then because of federal law, check this out. If somebody chases a native woman onto a reservation, federal law says that native policemen, I know, go, head on over to YouTube. It's the Mr. Black Sheep, head on over to YouTube. It's, it's, it's the Twitter app. Yeah, right. And it could also be my iPad. I don't know, right? <laughs> But thank you for your comment, though. I appreciate it. So what happens on reservations is that federal law says uh, reservations, uh, native police uh, activity is confined only to native peoples. So you can't prosecute a non-native person on a reservation. So without impunity, non-native people go on reservations and rape women and nothing can be done about it. Nothing is, gets done about it. In Canada, indigenous people are 4% of the population, but get this, you ready for this one? Indigenous people in Canada, indigenous women and children are 50% of sex trafficking victims. Human trafficking began with Christopher Columbus. We all recognize this by now, right? But now that we know history and the more we know, now we recognize that human trafficking started with Christopher Columbus. When Christopher Columbus came to, the, came to the Americas, he brought some bad boys with him. 
and those bad boys looked at native people as a source of income that they could take back to their own country and so they began a process of enslavement well part of their men and they didn't bring their wives with them so they look at women and they're like well that's a woman there i want to have some sex go get her beat up her man kill her man but beat her up she's not worth anything i don't have to marry her because i'm not confined to the customs and traditions of my culture because my culture doesn't reign here i am so i can do whatever i want to do in other words what i'm saying is native women indigenous peoples the world over are viewed as nothing just like my caller said that african women and descendants of african women are viewed as nothing it's part of the ideology that that prevails that is prevalent and it puts into context that human trafficking is a much larger problem than we realize because as i was saying to someone yesterday in africa between Africa and Europe, there's a little strip of land that joins them. It's called the Strait of Gibraltar, right? It's like 15 kilometers, but that is the greatest human trafficking canal that in modern time. That's modern day slavery. People are voluntarily leaving their countries in Africa due to poverty and extreme poverty and wars and endemic poverty that has existed for decades. So they'll pay anything to get across to get to Europe. Invariably, they are trafficked for labor and, of course, for sex. And some people under the mistaken impression that eventually they'll be free, it's better than where they're coming from. Some people end up going back and are killed on the way back because they recognize that what they were trying to achieve is not achievable. So it's not just something that is happening here in the United States. It's a global problem. And because it's a global problem, guess what? It has become an American problem because it comes right here to our shores. The government is aware of it. Law enforcement is aware of it, but they need our help. They need our help to help identify pockets where these things occur so that they can go after it because essentially labor trafficking, human trafficking and sex trafficking is about the exploitation of people. And wherever people are exploited, the laws in the United States are that slavery is over. That's the first prevailing story right there. That's the first thing that law enforcement operates from. Slavery is over. So don't bring people here to enslave them and think that if the FBI and other law enforcement agencies get wind of it, they're not gonna find you. They will find you and they will lock you up, trust me. And they will put you away. You will have two choices when they come. Either you submit to them or you go back where you're coming from and never come back here. But if they find you, they will put you away because if we don't, they're gonna come to neighborhoods and they're gonna snatch vulnerable people and take them to other parts of the country to enslave them. So we gotta stop it. Because we recognize that there is an element of evil that exists in humankind. And whereas over time we might have thought that well, socialization might have played a role and people have become not so evil, not when money is on the line. Human trafficking is worth 150 billion with a B dollars. And 66% of that is sex trafficking. And you think Joe Blow on the corner is going to let that money tax-free pass him up? 
do if you don't think sex uh, strip clubs are a conduit for human and sex trafficking think again some of you people are going to the sec the strip club tonight to think you're enjoying watching some girls dance on a pole especially after JLo and Shakira beard their vajayjays in front of everybody the whole freaking world on Sunday you can guarantee that strip clubs will be busy this weekend do you think that the people, the girls dancing in those clubs are 21? You really, really believe they're 19? Those are 12 and 13 year olds dressed up who are trafficking victims, who are dressed up to look like they're 21 years old. And they are terrified. They have to act like they like it. And if they don't, they get beaten up. If you're a regular at the club, you might not see the same girl all the time because if she doesn't comply and she doesn't make the money that she's told to make, she gets beaten up. And then because they're nobodies, they have stolen them and trafficked them and kidnapped them from other parts of the country and bring them to other parts of the country where they have no, 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 no ties and no one to defend them. You may never see them again. They're killed and buried and disposed of, dropped off in rivers and lakes. The lakes are filled with people who have been trafficked. You do know that the lakes are filled with people who have been trafficked human bodies global human trafficking and sex trafficking is a modern-day evil and we have to do something about it we've got to help law enforcement when we can they don't you don't have you can be as anonymous as possible but say something if you see something say something don't just sit there. If you go to a strip club and you see where the girl looks like she has too much makeup on and she's been beaten, know that she's being trafficked. Go and call 911 and say, hey, y'all, I just went to that strip club down on such and such. And I think you guys might need to go look at it. The girl there is being trafficked. Just say that and the cops will swoop in like Robin, like, like Robin Hood. On reservations across the country, indigenous women are being trafficked sex trafficked and nothing is being done about it indigenous women are 14 times more likely to be abused than anybody else than any other group this is what we saw played out at the southern border these were indigenous peoples trying to escape the very same thing they were trying to run away from in their country they came to the border and encountered it when children and families were separated have you wondered what happened to those children that were in cages Nobody can find them. They're not repatriated back to their families in their home countries. Those children are being trafficked. They're sold into sexual slavery. They're not sold into somebody's domesticated human being. They're sold into sexual slavery. This young lady reports that she was raped 42,300 times between the ages of 12 and 16. We should all be disgusted. Indigenous women on reservations all over the country are being attacked and raped and murdered after the fact. It's almost as if we turn a blind eye and think it's okay. It's not okay. Do you know that if I, it could have been me? Do you know that had I not had a strong family around me, I could have been trafficked, me and my children. I was vulnerable, I was divorced, I had no documentation and I had two children and I was abandoned and left alone. If I did not have family, what would have happened to me and my two children? By the grace of God, 
go I? I was telling a friend of mine this story and some other person decided to take it up. I don't want to call her name out, but she was cruel enough to say that I wasn't, I, I no longer have documentation, which was a bold faced lie. She missed the point because again, she was ex exercising her own racist point of view. And it's people like her who are a danger. Trump is not the danger. It's the people around him. It's the people who think like that. They're the danger. When you view people as, expo as disposable, she herself is part of the native community. She's an indigenous woman herself who parades as though she's white. Instead of standing up and sticking out for indigenous peoples, she's there forgetting her history and watching other, instead of using her power to do something good, she became a non-factor. That's our problem. I said something has to be done about it. You have some, a role to play. The point is that these th if we don't if we don't create awareness and if we don't continue to shine the light on these, this will go bad. Let me put this into context for you. Around the country, wherever what are called the extractive industries, right? Extractive industries are oil and gas mining, or wherever they're mining for minerals. That industry poses a danger to indigenous peoples because typically they are where in remote areas where reservations are. When those people, they're mostly men, so they're called man camps because it's mostly men who are working the construction equipment. When they go into communities and they set up a camp, well, they're also looking to have a little fun. And we all know that when a guy gets paid and gets drunk, he's most likely to have a drink whether that drink is a beer or not, and he's most likely to go look for sex, commercial sex. And when they can't find a willing person, they're gonna do what? They're gonna beat them into submission. And these extractive industries play a role. It's not just here in the US, it's also happening in Canada. So much so that even in South Dakota, they've had to form a commission to look at it and they call it the sex in South Dakota and call it the sex trafficking corridor. So wherever mining oil and mining companies are, whether they mine for gas for oil or whether they're mining for other minerals in the earth, they pose a severe risk to indigenous women and children. And this is happening throughout the Americas. Well, let's say we focus on our country. We focus on the United States. It's happening right here, my friends. You have you ever thought about that? You you have you ever No, we don't because if you don't it's sort of like if you don't see it sometimes you don't know what you're looking for. You know what I mean? And and you're like, "Well, what am I looking at? What do I do?" Somebody asked just earlier, "Well, what's the solution?" The solution is that the more you and I talk about it, the more you're aware of it. If you see something, say something. You can make an anonymous phone call to 911. Give them the facts. Tell them date, time, location. What? Date, time, location. So you give them date, the time, the location, and you're going to tell them what you see. You don't interfere, but you let them know. Because then what you don't realize is that that alerts law enforcement that there is potential activity taking place in that area. 
So when you would have left that, that vicinity, law enforcement will do what they do to see if there's any potential for that to happen. Because we know by now these things don't happen in a vacuum. There's usually a ring of people around who promote it. When I, I'm going to be honest with you, reading this was very difficult for me. I'm probably going to need some self-care after this. Probably headed to the a look at the roads. Uh, well, hopefully this stops snowing, but it, it's, it's, it's something to think about. It impacts all of us. And we have to become bold at, at stating it because the traffickers are bolder than I am. They're just as intent on making sure they make their money. Dude, listen, $150 billion a year is a lot of money. 66% of that is from sex trafficking. The last time I was told that each trafficking victim is worth 200000 per year to a trafficker. Tax-free. So he isn't reporting that. He isn't paying taxes on it. So women who are married to men, you probably want to look at the credit card statement and look for uh, things that look innocuous charges to places that they're not going to say sex trafficking or prostitution. They're going to say something else. Start asking questions. What is this about? Where is this place? What did you buy there? (laughs) Right? (laughs) You'd be surprised. I know that a lot of wives know what their husbands are doing and they shut their mouths because you don't want to be unmarried. And you like the status of being married and what your husband provides. A lot of women already know this. You know what your husband is doing. A lot of women who have boyfriends know this. You know what they're doing. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to continue putting up with it? You don't have to turn him in, but do you have to be with him? Hold him accountable. Who are you having sex with? How old are they? right? Y'all not saying anything to me. Y'all just sitting there looking at me. And I I don't necessarily buy into the myth that it's what a person wears that attracts people. Then if that is the case, then they would do it to me every day. I I I wear athletic clothing all day. Does that predispose me to being raped? I hate to think so. I dare someone to try me though. Right? Mm. Just not, I'm not saying anything more. Right? Because if you think I'm going to sit there and let you take advantage of me, think again. I'm just saying. I think women should go out and start engaging in self-defense classes because it seems to me that there are people. I need you guys who are good, hardworking men. Most of you are just normal men. I need you all to start standing up for us. You know that? It, wouldn't it be nice if you all stand up for us? I need you all to start standing up for us. If You know, you go to the bar just to have a good time. But you notice that there are men who are always picking on women. And you, you guys just sit there, say something like, Buddy, come over here. Have a drink with us. You know, she doesn't want to be with you. Okay, come over here. We want to have a drink with you. Right? And if you see him likely to become violent, then... You don't have to interview. You can call 911 and notify the bartender. This dude is about to get real crazy. Start standing up for us. We need that. 
because some of these guys are extremely aggressive. Do you know they're snatching girls off the streets? So I've been told that what they do is they profile you. They don't just see you walking on profile you. Chances are they've been watching you for some time to determine what your, your, your egress is and what your vulnerable points are. They do it whether you live in the ghetto, in the hood, or whether you live in the suburbs. They watch children when they get off the school bus and they have to walk home. Who is with them? Is it a well-traveled route? What time, when they go home, what time do their parents come home? Are they lonely? What are they saying online? Then they go to their social media handles to find out what they're saying online so that they can devise a plan to seduce your child away. If you ever wonder why most social justice advocates are always talking about an end to poverty, it's because poverty places indigenous people at greater risk for being trafficked, human trafficking, labor trafficking, and sex trafficking. And law enforcement is like, my God, the problem and the scope of it, people, the scope of it, is what is tremendous. This sheer size of it. It's the who that is involved. You would be surprised. Maybe law enforcement is going to have a crackdown in some area and they get a directive to hold down. Just don't do that right now because there might be vested interest because there's money being made on that corner. You, re you guys really think strip clubs are just Therefore, the entertainment of men for you guys to just go in and just look at women all day dancing. It's a money-making, drug-laundering, money-laundering business. And the worst things happen. Murder is committed there. Women are beaten up. There are children posing as adults in, sex, in, in, in strip clubs all across the country. And you would be surprised what people do just to survive. They find themselves in a position where they have to survive. They adapt to what their oppressors want of them. They adapt in an effort to survive. They adapt. Human trafficking is a global phenomenon and it poses a severe risk to women and children. We are the most vulnerable. And if we are non-white, we're even more vulnerable. If you are poor, it places you at greater risk. And if you're in environments where poverty and racism are a risk factor, then you are even at greater risk. I need your help. I'm going to ask you sincerely, if you see something, say something. If you suspect that someone is being used against their will, if you look at a relationship and the dynamic of it just doesn't sit right with you, chances are it's not right. If you see an older man with a younger woman and a younger girl, but she appears to be afraid of him, even though you, initially you're going to assume that he's a relative, like a father figure, an uncle or grandfather, but she appears to be afraid of him, call the cops, let them figure that out. If he's holding on to her belongings, definitely that's sex trafficking. Because no girl in America walking around without her purse. Because her purse is part of her profile. Because in her purse are her keys, her cell phone, and her lipstick, and her lip gloss. 
and she has to look cute and pretty so nobody else is holding on to her purse so if you see where that is happening then that's something if you look at the time of day it's lunchtime and everybody is dressed in workday clothing right or in my case I wear athletic wear all the time but you're looking at her and she's dressed funny she even looks to you like you know you have children at home you're like but my, my 15 year old daughter looks like that chances are she's a trafficking victim observe and make a phone call don't try to interfere don't engage them in conversation and that's another thing let me emphasize that a trafficking victim is terrified of people trying to engage them in conversation if this if they look furtively if they don't answer but wait for the adult to answer that's trafficking if they appear to be afraid of the person they're with watch out something is going on trust me on that right I don't want to say too much but I do want to say this see something say something say it again see something say something right indigenous women in the Americas are prone to sex trafficking I, I want to just let this one marinate as we go through the weekend uh, a young woman who was sex trafficked to Mexico she came from Central America and because her family were seeking asylum she was quarantined in Mexico and she was raped 43,200 times between the ages of 12 and 16 years old. I want us to not ever forget that. I want to also leave you with a definition for human trafficking, that human trafficking is the use of force, coercion to obtain commercial sex acts or labor force just look around you you can tell when people are being forced to do things they don't want to do right see something say something call 911 let the authorities deal with it you don't interfere because sex traffickers have their own network they'll follow you home so you don't interfere you just call 911 you might just be saving someone they go online, they create profiles, they follow our children, they read what they post online. You know, they post things about, ah, I'm tired of living here, mommy's so strict, daddy's so strict. You know how kids are, our kids are spoiled. They don't get their own way, you give them a chore to do, they think it's slavery. They don't recognize that there is a greater evil out there. And the trafficker is just waiting to seduce them. He tells them everything they wanna hear because he has visited their profile. Meanwhile, he and his family, I've known of traffickers or heard of traffickers where their whole family is involved. It's a family business, y'all. The whole family is involved. The grandma, the grandpa, his father, his brothers, the whole family is involved because they make over 200,000 a year from one girl. Each girl is required to perform a specific number of sex acts each night. And she, the money is not hers. It's not like she keeps 20% and he gets 80%. Whatever she makes, she has to give it to him. Otherwise, she's beaten within an inch of her life. 
most of us dismiss trafficking victims because we say they're a refuse on the, or they're not human. But understand that they didn't become willing overnight. They were seduced into thinking it was going to be better than where they're coming from. And then they found out as soon as they're trafficked, they're given heroin to make them immediately addicted. Once they're addicted, the trafficker now has control. And I just want to ask this question. Men are having sex with people who have questionable hygiene habits. What are you guys doing with your lives? You're 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 putting you're placing yourselves at great risk. Right? So, I know this is a heavy topic. Take a deep breath. But human trafficking and sex trafficking exist and we've got to do something about it. I want to remind you what human trafficking looks like. Human trafficking looks like someone doing something against their will. Please call 911 if you see something. If you see a young girl with an older man and it just doesn't feel right, doesn't look like it's a relative, or sometimes they show up in a doctor's office taking the child to the doctor, but somehow they don't know enough about the child's medical history. So if you're a parent or relative, you would know. If you are the healthcare professional, call 911. Just go into the office and call 911 and say something is wrong, here's the description. If people are coming to your facility seeking service but they can't provide an identification, for the person, something is wrong. This is why you look at people's picture ID. If you feel like something is wrong, look at them. If they're not dressed appropriately or they have questionable hygiene habits, check that out. It's not that they might be homeless, it's that people are using them against their will. Most sex trafficking victims have not had an intimate experience with a shower recently because they don't have time for that. They're given wet wipes. I kid you not, I kid you not. I kid you not. I kid you not. Right? So even for men who are seeking a power experience out of sex trafficking victims, you got to understand what you're exposing yourself to. You got to know that she even when you pay extra to have sex with with a girl without a condom, please know that you she has had sex with 30 people or more in the last 24 hours. I pray that this comes to an end and I pray that as we continue to talk about this, that more light is shed on the subject and we become aware that sex trafficking is one of the greatest evils of our time. My name is Harriet Kamek. This has been Down to Earth. It's Friday. We've ended our story today. Make sure you go to my website, come back and join us again on Sunday morning and go to my website, harrykamek.com, view what we do, what we talk about. If you feel that this is something that can bless you, please invite us to speak at your next event. Also, visit my website, theexodusfoundation.com, and make a contribution as we continue to provide services to human trafficking victims. I recognize this is a sensitive subject and most of us are going to remain anonymous, but I still appreciate your participation and your support as you continue to help us to help people who can't help themselves. I am one of them. I am one of the survivors. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. So join me again on Down to Earth as we continue to talk about these and the subjects, the issues that matter. Thanks, everybody. Be blessed.